You're listening to a DM podcast. The real battle is if you're a smaller podcast, how do you connect with brands that fit in to your show? And, you know, classic example is if maybe you do a fan show about, it, say, a football team. It's fantastic. You're in an area, you're talking to an audience, but how would you connect with people and advertisers who want to buy inventory? So that's what Podshare is all about, and it sort of starts in January. And, um, yeah, it's really looking forward to getting it off the ground. G'day and welcome to Behind the Podcast with Jules and Stocks. I'm Jules and today Stocks and I went behind the podcast with Andrew Menzel or Menes from Fairground Fuckups and the founder of Piccolo Podcasts. Fairground Fuckups has recently been nominated for the Best True Crime Podcast at this year's Australian Podcast Awards, which is a hefty category to be associated with. Stocks, what do you think of the show and, and Menes in general? Yeah, look, very impressed with what they're doing over at Piccolo. Uh, pretty new studio, not the, not huge, like two full-time employees, and they've produced two great podcasts, the one we did two weeks ago, which was the Cricket Daily one, and then this Fairground Fuck-Ups, both of which Menas is very involved in. So, look, they're doing great stuff, they're really punching above their weight, so, you know, a lot to learn from these guys. Yeah, absolutely, and I think Menas is absolutely one of these people who just lives and breathes the medium and just loves podcasting and everything about it, and he mentions, you know, conceptualizing a lot of the content, hosts some of the shows, as you mentioned, but is heavily involved in, in all the shows that go through there. Um, also, interesting to listen out at the end, they're trying to do some innovation around advertising and, and, you know, be better for advertisers and businesses working with them, so for anyone who's in that kind of field, it, that's a good little spot to jump in on. But anyway, look, why don't we get stuck in? Andrew, tell us about the potty. Fairground Fuckups is a short narrative true crime podcast that tells stories about the bad experiences people have in amusement parks. Normally everyone goes there and they have a great time, but unfortunately there are some horrific stories from amusement parks and this show is about bringing um, a light to them. There absolutely are some uh, some horror stories. I mean, I am one of these people who is well not into going on roller coasters too much. I've got a fear of heights. That's you know been a bit of a late onset one, but it's certainly there. It's got a middle age, man. Yeah, maybe so. is that it? <laughs> <laughs> but anytime I go on these things, I always feel like the thing's going to you know drop off and I'm going to fall out and plunge to my death. And so it's just you know this really triggered me. I was listening with my wife in the car as we were driving along. Just that that very first episode that you had. Um, about the, the Superman Tower of Power. And that was just excruciating to listen to. Not in a, you know, <laughs> in, a, in a bad way, but just the, the whole way that they kind of built out that story and, and the experience and hearing those things crack and then screaming. But of course, everyone's screaming. So you're just there, you know, wondering if you're going to plummet to your death. I mean, it's not doing a lot for getting people back into fairgrounds, I wouldn't imagine. I don't suppose you're getting any sponsorship <laughs> opportunities from <laughs> these kind of places just yet. You know, Six Flags haven't reached out and asked them <laughs> to support the show. I mean, the story you're talking about there of Caitlin Lassiter, this poor young girl who went there and you know lost her feet mm. on the ride. It is such a sad story, but it does, you know, prick those spots, as you say, of, you know, horror and true crime. It's got all those sort of things in them. And, um, yeah, if you have a fear of amusement parks, there's no way this podcast <laughs> is going to help at all. Yeah, I was so surprised to hear that, the, like, the travelling ones were more heavily regulated than than those fixed theme parks were at the time. I mean, that was astonishing. And the fines for something like this, I mean, not to kind of ruin it for anyone who's listening, but they were, my, like, minute. Absolutely, you know, 
slap on the wrist. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, one of the themes is injustice that you know, how do you value these things? How do you value a person losing their feet? And and I've noticed, you know, in producing the show that there's a real difference philosophically in how Australians think of this sort of thing and how Americans might. Americans are just obsessed with this whole idea of freedom and guns, but in this yeah. case, freedom. And, you know, they sort of see any, um, you know, rules and restrictions as something encumbering their freedom, whereas, you know, Australia is a lot more of a nanny state and we would be outraged in Australia if some of these things happened at our parks. I mean, you look at the fallout from Dreamworld and even it's ongoing from Luna Park for that fire um, a long time ago that, um, you know, I think the, I have noticed that difference between the two cultures. And the freedom to litigate. Yeah. Punitively yeah. in the US as well. I mean, yeah, it's very interesting. So how did you come up with the idea for the podcast? I came up with it from two angles. So firstly, I like the format of a one-episode short narrative show. I like the sort of low commitment that, you know, you're driving with your wife along and you just can listen to one episode and you get a beginning, middle and an end and that's it. There's no commitment of listening to 10, 12 episodes of some of these true crime series. So I like the format. And then I was just sort of um, attracted to the the sort of Pulp Fiction style element to these stories. As I said before, they have, you know, an element of horror and an element of true crime and, and you know, you can sort of tell them in a, a short manner, and which I think is perfect because, mm. you know, they're quite intense. You couldn't listen to them for a long time without maybe seeing a shrink. So that's how I kind of came up with it and, yeah, it just sort of came to me. And, and the name came to me as well at the same time, Fairground Fuck Ups, and um, it just went from there. It's a really good name. Totally. It really, really grabs you in straight away and tells you what it is. You're right, though. It is quite intense material. There were two that I was listening to. The SeaWorld one, I just had to t- turn it off halfway through and just went, all right, I was driving and went, I just need five minutes here to just recalibrate. Maybe I'll put some music on. And then a couple hours later, got back in the car and went, okay, I can pick that up again. But it was just, there was the way um, the orcas being separated and how lying there prone and making this noise that's supposed to travel great distance to sort of find, find the mother to find the calf. I went, okay, that's enough. I, I just yeah. need to actually step away from this for a couple of minutes. I'm and glad you said you turned it off. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's a credit to the writers and, and uh, the way we've put it together that uh, that episode in particular uh, I found quite impactful. Uh, I didn't know a lot about the SeaWorld stuff and it sort of opened my eyes and actually made me think, well, I'm never going back to one of those places mm. again. I've been mm. not that long ago and – Never going to give them a set of money again. And the the next episode, I interviewed someone who's sort of done a bit of uh, more research into it. Mm. Um, but you know that that story in particular, the way the animals were treated, um, does it does grab you in in your soul? I think, mm. and it's a testament to your storytelling, as you said. Yeah. I mean, something a podcast, a bit of audio that moved me to that extent. I, that doesn't happen very often, and we're chewing through probably thirty, forty podcasts a week each. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it means a lot to me to hear that because, uh, you know, I opened my podcast studio uh, just before the pandemic and a part of this show was the fact that we were I was sitting in the studio and I couldn't hire it out because no one would come in because of COVID and this idea came to me and sort of my broad philosophy is, you know, you, no, no good sitting still. So I thought I'd use the time to do something I hadn't really done before. I've done a lot of other podcasts but never a narrative one and never in this sort of – genre and so i wanted to test myself so um you know i'm, I'm really pleased to hear that it, it did um impact you because you know that was my aim and 
I made it. Definitely. So let's talk a bit about the process. And, and there are a few you know, uh, people who are involved with the show, but you, you spearhead the whole thing? Yeah, so um, i got a, a great team of writers. So Paul Dennett wrote the first story, who was uh, in here talking about Cricket Daily. And then I had two other writers, Lindsay and Mitchell Hall. Uh, they're not related, but the same last name. But I thought they were related for the whole time anyway. That's another story. Yeah. They're not. So they wrote a lot of it, and um, I picked all the stories – of all the stories I've picked, there's only been one we haven't gone ahead with. It was about a young girl dying and it was actually just too sad. It, mm. it just went from – not that they're not all – they're all sad, but this for some reason just was too sad. Yeah, right. I don't know how you quantify that. but um, <laughs> So, yeah, we you know, we – um, but got these writers. Um, and so Lindsay and Mitchell have done a great job. And we had a narrator in the first season, Alex Malone, and then a new narrator in the second season, Holly Mitchell, who's also a producer at Piccolo Podcast. So it's been a, a team effort. Um, and it's, yeah, we've all put a lot of time. And I've scored it with Holly and Emily from um, the first season. Wonderful. And what were some of the unique challenges for this format of podcast? I think finding the stories that have enough to them to fill out an episode. Like, as I said about that poor young girl dying, there wasn't much more to it than her falling out of ride. And that's not a really story you can tell and make mm. interesting and, and, and have a sort of narrative arc. So I guess it's, it's about finding the stories that, um, you know, have a bit more to them and there's stuff that's come out before and after. And then it was a lot of YouTube's you know, research and, and reading and, and trying to sort of find out um, all these accidents because they actually don't get a lot of press. Um, you really have to search to find them. The amusement parks obviously want to keep it quiet and yeah, a lot of the payouts, mm. yeah, a lot of the payouts is sort of like... Involving okay, a confidentiality. And, yeah. 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 Do you, when you were sort of looking around, I mean, did you have some kind of gauge that you wanted to mainly focus in America and have a few in Australia or what, you know, what are you sort of looking for in terms of originality or is it just, just a lot of story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a good story. I, I have tried to have a local element. So obviously doing the Lunar Park fire in the first season and Dreamworld in the second, I think it's important for Australian podcasts to do local stories. But then uh, there are so many accidents in amusement parks in America and there are so many great stories. We've done a lot on Action Park. We've done, you know, and actually, Parks, some of it's not sad. Some of it's just crazy. It's hilarious, um, that yeah. place. I mean, I've watched a documentary on that on as well on Netflix, and mm. it's just hard to believe that that kind of place existed and for so long, especially, you know, with the litigious nature of America that we've talked about. Yeah, and, and interestingly, for the second season of Fairground, we, we've brought in some interviews. So I've done a couple of interviews. So I interviewed the director of that documentary, Seth Porges, and that was great because he'd actually been to the park as a kid yeah. and then he's done a lot of work on it. So he could give a lot of insights. I also interviewed someone on SeaWorld and we're still trying to do a follow-up on the Lunar Park fire yeah. after that most recent documentary. But, you know, the ABC's in a bit of hot water over that. So hopefully that'll blow over and we can do a follow-up on the Lunar Park. But generally, I want stories from around the world. We did one from Russia yeah. in the second season about Transvaal Park where a roof collapsed. And, and that was just, you know, that was such a sort of, and it had such depth and evoked so many things, that story, because they're in this sort of water park and the roof caves in and it's the middle of winter in Russia. So you've got all these people in swimmers being thrown out into, you know, minus 10 degree weather. Oh. And, you know, so it, it just had, to play, you know, it was great theatre of the mind that. So there's been no real focus on area, um, but just always want to keep something 
about Australia in there. Yeah, I found that the Australian ones, I mean, I've listened to the Lunar Park ones in the dream world. For me, those ones resonated a bit harder. Like I, I sort of, you know, the ones that were in the States and wherever were quite like fanciful and almost like they were fictional. And those ones, you're like, oh, I remember that being in the paper. I mean, maybe not Lunar Park, but... I certainly remember Dreamworld because that was very recently. Mm. But, it, yeah, it just it just definitely hits different to the other ones. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people listening would have been to Dreamworld and been on that ride and yeah. would remember that stuff. And when you start putting the noises and the sound effects, it brings back your experiences of, of being on them. And it does, it's a, it does make you think, oh, I'm, like, that could have been me. Like, you know, it, it could have been – I could have been there the day the ride malfunctioned. Absolutely, and there's just this naive, naivety, at least I had. I remember going up to some uh, water park in Queensland and was going around the, going on a sort of slide and going around a corner and nearly came out, sort of around the corner, was going too quick. And I reckon it would have been 15 metres in the air at that point and oh. just thought, oh, no, you weren't going to come out. Ha-ha, <laughs> you just scared and just thought you were going too fast and, oh, you're not really going very fast, etc., etc. And then listening to your podcast, I thought, wow, maybe like people have probably come yeah, out. <laughs> like, I mean, that's how it happens, right? Like yeah. just went in at some weird angle and just happened to flip out and that's how these things happen. Yeah. Like, I mean, you think you think in your head you sort of go to these amusement parks and you, in your head you've got, oh, they're having safety checks and mm. the machines will be inspected and, you know, I'll be safe. But when you sort of peel back the layers, you realise that doesn't happen a lot and there are cracks and uh, that's how these terrible things happen. Yeah, that guy getting electrocuted at Action Park in the in the was it the kayak bit or the just get out and stepped on a wire yeah stepped on a wire and got electrocuted it's like oh and they never fixed that ride that was the end of it it's like oh you didn't test this properly this was actually a fatal flaw that couldn't be fixed (laughs) yeah terrifying have you looked into any kind of you know rumors because when you were just talking about the water slides you used to hear about people putting like razor blades and oh, water slide right. things yeah. all that sort of stuff have you ever thought about sort of checking out any if there's any truth to any of those sorts of things yeah definitely um uh, that that was something i grew up as well with um and and actually researching i have found i think the source where that came from that story but i think in the second the third season sorry of fairground we do want to delve a bit more into the um, experience of the person going to the fan park or the fairground and, and try and get some more uh, first-person accounts of maybe not really like a tragedy but, you know, just having a really bad day where there's an accident or a broken limb or something and, and trying to just dig into that a bit more because, you know, there is this thing when you go to an amusement park, you go there with this sort of glow about, you know, well, before you listen to Fairground, you might have, maybe not now, but uh, you go with this glow about what you're expecting. If you, you know, you take your kids to Disneyland, you know, you don't expect something bad to happen. Um, So we want to kind of delve into that in the next season a bit with more um, people that sort of attend parks. Yeah, cool. You can speak to Fabio about getting hit in the face by a goose or whatever happened. He was on that (laughs) roller coaster. (laughs) So I think you're underplaying your hand a little bit here. I mean, you produce this show but it feels like there's a little bit more we can unpack here about what you actually do in terms of podcasting with piccolo and can you just tell us a little bit more about your business yeah um so i started podcasting eight years ago in 2013 as a hobby 
And then a few years later, I took my cricket podcast to News Limited and started working for them on a professional basis for a couple of years. And and then, as you both would know, there started to become this appetite for podcast producers. People were starting to see the value in having a podcast. So actually, a few people reached out to me and said, hey, I, I want to do a show for my business. Can you help? And that's sort of where Piccolo came from, um, you know, trying to service those branded clients. Um, and that sort of got me into it. And um, in early 2020, I thought I'd sort of take the big leap and open a studio in Ultimo where I could record all the content. And yeah, we're 18 months in. We've survived the pandemic. Um, a few grey hairs, um, a few less, a, few, a bit less hair actually <laughs> after the pandemic, a few, few tears in the corner of the studio for a while there. But, um, you know, we've come out the other side of it. And, you know, Piccolo is all about um, producing producing shows for businesses, independent creators. Uh, I do my own shows, like Fairground is an original show. Uh, we do a couple of others. Um, and they're about being creatively um, satisfied and working on things you're passionate about as well as the stuff you're passionate about for clients. But And that's really where Piccolo started, just sort of happened through my love of podcasting, which sprouted from my love of cricket. Um, actually, I opened a cafe in Surrey Hills called Two Good Eggs in 2010, and it was 2013. It was kind of running smoothly, and my creative juices weren't really being used then, and I was like, what can I do? There's no way I want to open another cafe. I'll hang myself before I do that. <laughs> uh, anyone in hospitality will understand where I'm coming from. Yep. So, you know, I started recording my cricket podcast literally you know, cafe would close at four. I'd have a couple of mates come in from the offices nearby and would talk cricket for an hour with just one or two microphones on the table. And, and that's really how it started, something to sort of motivate me creatively and it sort of built from there. So what's uh, some of the branded stuff like that you're doing for clients? Talk us through, you know, do you do sort of long form, you know, seasonal sort of thing or is it just one one offs or...? It's it's a, such a variety. Um, some are seasonal where it's just maybe a 10-episode run. So we just did one for a company called Kane Financial. Um, that was a branding exercise for him. Uh, we produced the ASX podcast, the Stock Exchange Show, and that's a, a monthly show um, for finance tips. We work with a PR company. Um, we work with some independent creators, and and it's a variety. Some are regular shows and some are, are just a, a season. And when someone comes to me saying should i start a podcast you really have to work out what their needs are what their skill set is what their sort of capacity is you know everyone thinks let's start a podcast but they don't know how long it's going to take and how much effort it's going to take and so you know gauging their capacity and and what they need for their business um, and then we sort of advise from there what to do yeah and how do clients respond to that we've done a couple of I guess branded podcasts and when we raise the question of well we will need to assess your sort of level of media skills we usually get a bit of, sort of pushback and go no we're going to be fine we're going to be fine with this like okay but we do need to actually um, assess that is there any do, do you run into that is there any tricks you use or any techniques you use I guess to manage that sort of expectation I've never run into that issue maybe I just haven't noticed um, but I, I'm I like part of our service is offering kind of training, mm. interview coaching, training on the mic, um, training how you speak. Um, but it's also, I think, deeper than that. It's about you got to make their show. Like it, it's about pulling their show out of them. And part of podcasting is people can maintain their character. When you go into the the mass media, everything's the same. Everything's 
um, you know, you, you just think about it. I get a lot of people coming in to record a podcast and they try and do a broadcast voice because that's what they've heard they've on heard, TV their yeah. whole life and things like that. So it's about sort of getting them away from that. And, the, you know, the beauty of podcasting is it, it is so flexible. People who listen to podcasts, they know it doesn't have to be polished. They know it can be coming from someone that is not a media professional, but that's what makes it unique and beautiful. So that's how I kind of approach it. Mm, well, that makes a lot of sense. And then what about uh, for people who are coming to you with, with ideas and things? I mean, how are you working with people to, to, to try and get the best out of them as well? Yeah, it's a tough one because a lot of people have an idea, but then they don't know the landscape in which they want to put the podcast in. And will it get – it might be a great idea, but it might not actually be able to get cut through. So you kind of have to sort of – you kind of have to massage it a little bit with them and really be honest with them, like – give them sort of feedback on how many people you think might listen and and what the sort of, um, you know, the projection of the podcast is um, and then sort of go from there. But, you know, a lot of businesses and individuals can get a lot out of their podcast for their own personal development, branding, everything. So, you know, the ideas just needs to be solid to start with, Um you know, no one really comes to me with these amazing ideas. Like, oh, I've got this great new idea that's going to blow up. Um, yeah, I, I think sort of podcasting has gone past that now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's funny because there, there are some, you hear the big stories of such and such getting signed for, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever those kind of things are. So I think there is that expectation by some people who, who might just be on the, you know, here tangentially or whatever. Whereas, you know, there's a lot um, where, you know, it's, it's graft or that they're serving a very niche uh, need. Do you have kind of techniques or, or anything like this that you use with people to help cut through and get their shows out there a bit more? Well, I think um, engagement is the, the crucial thing. And as you both know, it's not just recording the podcast. It's what you do outside. It's the marketing before, the marketing after. Um, we produce a podcast called Influence Unlocked and she runs a PR company and you know, she promotes her show so well, the show does well because you know there's teasers for the next episode and there's stuff afterwards. So I guess that's the big thing you've got to tell the clients. Don't expect it to come in, record, leave, we give you an audio file and that's your podcast. That's just the beginning. That's like 20% of it. Yeah, yeah. what levers have you got to pull? What audience have you got? And who do you want to talk to? And some of our podcasts, I do one podcast, I won't name it, but they actually don't want to talk to a lot of people. They just want the 100 or 200 experts in their field yeah. listening to this show. And that's yeah. that's all they need. But it's about, you know, hitting them and satisfying them. Uh, and if they're happy, then you target, you know, they, they listen. And, you know, every podcast is different, like what their sort of overall ambition is. So, what's your kind of you know, day week like with all of the different shows and interviews and, and all the rest of it? Are you just, you know, barely a moment to yourself? Uh, yeah. Barely I, a so, moment for the cricket? So, I've obviously got another producer I work with, Holly. So, there's two of us to share the load. And, you know, um, in this business, it, every week's different. That's one of the reasons you do it. So, this week, I've had a few people in studio. Next week, the studio's busy almost every day. Uh, you know, it just kind of changes, but... It's, it's an exciting business to be in because you do bits of everything. And, uh, yeah, it sort of changes. But I've been self-employed for a long time, so I'm used to managing my own time. I'm used to this kind of workflow where 
there's no sort of clear delineation between, oh, I've finished work now, um, I'll go home. It's, you know, yeah. my work is my life and my life is my work and it just all rolls into one. Yeah, we were just saying, I mean, you were, before we came on here, you had to be up late last night watching the cricket to make sure that you were ready for the show to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so definitely some crazy hours there. Yeah. And I noticed something that you, was there something you were talking about with an advertising platform you were creating for Piccolo? Yeah. So we're just um, creating an independent platform for a podcast. It's called podshare.com.au. It's launching in January and it will be a way of um, independent podcasters and bigger ones. But I guess the real battle is if you're a smaller podcast, how do you connect with brands that fit in to your show and you know classic example is if maybe you do a fan show about say a football team it's fantastic you're in an area you're talking to an audience but how would you connect with people and advertisers who want to buy inventory so that's what PodShare is all about and it sort of starts in January and um, yeah it's really looking forward to getting it off the ground alright we'll put some information about that in the show notes because yeah. I think a lot of people want want that yeah, uh, it's such a battle, you know, people who might run their own shows, they don't have a lot of time to go on a, a cold calling mission and then follow up and manage some the campaign, report it yeah, back. Yeah, and some everything. people aren't sales oriented. So this is a way of um, podcasters connecting, but also then brands getting real bang for their buck because, you know, you're both in podcasts. The, there's, without doubt, the ads in podcasts are very effective if done well. If you get the formula right they can have much more impact than a radio ad or even a TV ad. So that's what we want to kind of, um, you know, focus on. And so what are the big hopes for Piccolo in, in 2022? You've obviously got that happening and then expanding shows. And Yeah, I, I haven't looked too far ahead because one thing COVID did is it kind of made me think, just got to sort of go week by week for a while. <laughs> but look, I, I think um, I'm really looking forward to Fairground Season 3. Um, the fact that we got a nomination was such a, a thrill because, it, you know, it's a passion project. And, you know, when you put your heart into something to get just a little bit of recognition, you know, it gives you that fuel to go again. And so we'll do Season 3 next year. Um, we do another show, Podcast Host Revealed, where we interview podcast hosts about their experience. And it's actually different to this show in that it's less about the process and more about you're a bit more themed as yeah what being a podcast podcast host does to you and so um yeah we'll be doing season two of that next year and then um you know we've taken on a few new clients we're doing something with macquarie university uh, domain the real estate agent company or whatever we've just signed on so we're producing their show so we've got, we've got a bit to keep us busy um Hopefully there'll be no more pandemics or anything or lockdowns. Yes. Well, yeah, hopefully. Yes, yes. Fingers just not even talk about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and look, congratulations on the two awards, Fairground Fuck-Ups and Cricket Daily. I mean, it's phenomenal. Sorry, not many people getting nominations, particularly a studio like yours. It's only a year and a half old. And to have two shows that you're directly involved in, congratulations. No, oh, thank you. Um, you know, I'm really proud of both of them, Cricket Daily and Paul and I um, – you know, put a lot into that and yeah really thrilled that that got nominated as well and um yeah thank you for having me on the show awesome well we do like to find out if you've got any recommendations yourself you're obviously listening to a lot through your own studio but do you find time to listen to some you know absolutely i've got two for you great Excellent. the first one is a new show 
by a blind podcast host. His name's Blind Mike, and it's called Why Are You Laughing? And it's a show where he sort of goes through comedy stories. Like, for example, the second episode was about the late Norm MacDonald, who passed away recently. It sort of goes through his story about being fired from Saturday Night Live and it plays little clips and then in between he gives you the background and they've got a couple of other idiots on there with him. But um, that's a really good show. I like that it's new. So why are you laughing? And another one is called New Hampshire Cast. And this is a funny one because we all haven't been able to travel. We've all been stuck. And this one is a show about New Hampshire in the States. It's by two guys, Ethan and Chris. And they, like, review towns. They review restaurants. But they're great guys. And it's like going on a mental holiday because can't go anywhere. It's stuck in Sydney. I so want to go on a plane somewhere exciting. But um, So this is like going on a plane. You know, Ethan and Chris, they tell you about what they've done. And it's just like going into another world. And they tell you about life in New Hampshire, like like simple things like what it's like to own a dog in New Hampshire. <laughs> I know that sounds boring, but, you know, it, it, it is a sort of mind holiday. I think we could all do it with a mental holiday. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I'm in. There you go. So that's my two recommendations. And then how about any final little bits of advice? I mean, I think you've had some peppered throughout this, but if you had a, a couple of little things you want to finish up with? Well, well, I guess my overall philosophy with Piccolo is the tagline is be fearless. And I think you can sort of take that into all facets of uh, production, be fearless creatively, be fearless as an interviewer, be fearless as a host, and be fearless when you put it out there because, uh, you know, it's a public you know, it's for public consumption and some people get nervous about that, but generally just let out the handbrake. That's unreal. I love it. Finished off with a little bit of a advice slash plug. Perfectly done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your time, Andrew. That was Thank great. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Great to talk.